I think it's the quiet before the storm. I feel like we're going to have a Holy Ghost blowout here in just a moment. I know some of you may be a little bit weary, and you probably are rightfully so. Been doing a lot of stuff, staying busy, fighting devils. That's all right. We got the victory in Jesus, right? No weapon that's formed against you shall prosper. So if you got enough energy to, uh, to do so, for the next few moments, just concentrate on the Lord because I believe that you can receive a miracle in the next few moments. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I've been preaching on what a wonderful inheritance. This is the last edition, I think. So it's the third time that I've been preaching from Psalm 16, verse 6. And I preached on it Wednesday night, preached on it again Sunday morning, this morning, and I'm preaching tonight, the final time, the Lord willing. What a wonderful inheritance. Hallelujah. So if you have your Bibles with anticipation and rebuking every spirit of drudgery from your life, open, if you would, to the book of Psalms 16. And verse 6, the lines are fallen unto me in pleasant places. Yea, I have a goodly heritage. And if you feel that way, well, I don't care if you don't feel that way. Just throw your hands in the air and give God praise no matter how you feel. How's that sound? Hallelujah. <laughs> praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Now, in the name of Jesus Christ, I bind every spirit, Lord, that would fight against these wonderful people. I bind it, Lord, in the name of Jesus, and I loose the good spirit of the Lord to work in here tonight. In the name of Jesus, I bind every spirit of depression. I bind every spirit of anxiety. I bind every spirit of fear. I loose the spirit of faith and healing. In the name of Jesus, I loose the miracles of God into this people tonight, both online and those who are here in the building. Praise God. And somebody said, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You may be seated. I know that there's folks watching from all over the place. I've been taking a little note of people who are with us. And uh, there's many that are watching online, perhaps as many as we have in the building tonight. And I want you to know that God has a miracle for you as well. Now let me set the stage again and then we're going off into a, uh, another session on our wonderful inheritance. But as I mentioned in all the other messages, it has always been the way of Satan. It has always been his way to attempt to cause God's people to be dissatisfied. Remember where the devil works best. He works in the fertile soil of dissatisfaction. He wants you to ignore what God has given you and only be aware of what you don't have. He doesn't want you to think about what God has given you. He wants you to think about what you don't have. He doesn't want you to be satisfied with the inheritance that God has for you. He wants you to covet somebody else's inheritance. And so we know that that is how the devil works. And remember, all the people in the world live in two tents. Discontent and content. Everybody is either contented with God or they're discontented. And Satan is always trying to get you to choose to be discontented. Content. And remember, he has one reason to do that and only one. It is to lure you away from the perfect will of God in your life and to take away your heritage. He hates you with a passion. And remember, this has been going on from the earliest story when Satan came to Eve in the form of a serpent. 
in the Garden of Eden, remember, he had to try to make her dissatisfied with her heritage. And so he starts out saying, did God say, and he says some balarney that God didn't say, that you're not supposed to eat, did he say that you can't eat of all the trees of the garden? She said, no. God doesn't want us to eat of this tree. And then he says, yeah, he don't want you to eat of that tree because you'll be like him if you eat of that tree, and it's the best tasting fruit in the garden. And from there came murders, cancers, every disease that is known unto man, depression, anxiety, fear, all because Satan managed to get somebody to be dissatisfied with their heritage and to desire something that God had forbidden. Somebody say, praise God. So he's working hard, the devil is, to make you dissatisfied with what God has given you. And remember, we know it's the oldest trick in the book. Now the heritage I have and follow is a goodly and delightful heritage. It's a beautiful and noble heritage. I follow the original teachings of Christ and the apostles. Well, can somebody say amen? amen. Tomorrow, in case you don't know, is January 18, 2021. Were you aware of that already? It's January 18, 2021. And I mention that because on January 18, 1959, there was a tremendous thing that took place. The President of the United States was Dwight D. Eisenhower. On January 18, 2021, Alaska became the 49th state and Hawaii became the 50th state. In 1959. In 1959, we used fans and open windows to cool our homes. And if we got hot in the car, we rolled the windows down and opened up the wing vent. Some of you have no idea what a wing vent is. Well, the, they got rid of them for a reason. Once you open them, they always leak from there on out, and they whistled. But if it was a hot day, you could take that wing vent and crank it all the way towards you, and you have this nice, direct breeze blowing upon your face. I'll never forget, it wasn't 1959, but I took my kids and my wife to North Carolina in the middle of the summer, and we were in a 1980. Ford Fairmont wagon with vinyl seats. Yes. No air conditioner. And we had the windows rolled down, and the further south we got, the hotter it got. And I begin to wonder, where are we going anyway? Have I slipped off the map and we're headed toward that, that bad place? Because it just kept getting hotter and hotter, and it got so hot that we had to get out of the car and go into a little convenience store so my kids could cool down a little bit. And we'd cool down in a little convenience store gas station, and we'd get back in the car, and we'd drive her, drive her about 70 miles an hour and get the windows all the way down and let that hot 90 to 100 degree wind hit us in the face. But I digress. In 1959, the average price of gasoline across the states was 25 cents a gallon. Now, that's a little high for some places. There were a lot of places that were cheaper than that, but the average for the whole country was 25 cents a gallon. Many times in my younger years, I would pull into the gas station and say, I'll take a dollar's worth. And for a dollar, I could get four gallons of gas at least, and many times more than that. 
You could buy a brand new car in 1959 for $2,200. And you could buy a loaf of bread for 20 cents. And the federal minimum wage was $1 an hour. That was the minimum wage. One buck an hour. You didn't make as much back then as you do now, but you bought a lot more with a little bit you had than you do now. Well, anyway, let me tell you why Sunday, January 18, 1959, exactly 62 years ago tomorrow, is so important to me. I went down in the water and was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of my sins on January 18, 1959. 57 years ago, and that was 62 years ago, then 57 years ago, as a young child, I had my hands up in the air praising God and people were praying with me and at the age of nine, God began to fill me with the Holy Ghost. And I began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave me the utterance. This authentic Bible-based God-given heritage has kept me and protected me all through my life. All through my childhood, this wonderful experience has protected me. Just like any boy, there were times when I did things I should have died. I didn't know it, but I should have, like when we were climbing the conveyor belt. And me and my cousin Terry were smiling at each other, and we were coming, climbing up the metal framework. We were way up there. I didn't know. I still don't know how much weight that was supposed to hold. All I know is that God protected me. I thank God how God has kept me through my childhood. You've probably heard me say that as a small child, I don't know why to this day, but sometimes at night I would wake up and I would be hemorrhaging and my pillow was bloody. And I would cry out, Mom! And Mom would come into my bedroom and she would begin to say, and when I passed by thee and saw thee polluted in thine own blood, I said unto thee, when thou wast in thy blood, live. Yea, I said unto thee, when thou wast in thy blood, live. And every time she would quote that passage, whatever was causing the internal bleeding in my body would turn off. And I would get up and she would clean me up and she would clean the bed up and I would go to bed and then sometime later it would happen again. I don't know how many times that happened until one night mom quoted Ezekiel 16, 6, and that was the last time it ever happened. For God himself came down and touched me and healed my body. I can tell you how many, I don't know how many nights, but I know that one night it went away. And I could tell you other stories. This authentic Bible-based God-given heritage kept me through my teenage years. There are several teenagers here. Look at me in my baby blues. Because I'm looking at you. Loving you. But when I was a teenager, there were a lot of temptations. There were a lot of things that were calling to me. Now, you have even more temptations than I do because of the electronic gadgetry. Things that I had to go down to the store and cheat and find. You can go in the bedroom and close the door and find it on your gadget. But God was very gracious to me. And when the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life were reach, reaching big time to pull me away from my Holy Ghost heritage, God stayed with me. God stayed with me and he kept me and he kept talking to me and he softened my heart and I'd go down to the altar and pray and, and God would forgive me and, and he would help me and I'd get back up and try again. The teenage years is not real easy. But this authentic God-given Bible heritage is vibrant and alive. 
and it kept me. It helped me. It delivered me. God was merciful to me. And I'm here to tell somebody tonight that this experience that God has given us is protecting us right now. This wonderful Pentecostal heritage that God has lovingly given to us has been passed down from generation to generation since A.D. 33. In 33 A.D., the Holy Ghost was poured out. And since that time, God has always had a people. It may not be a lot at times, but I personally believe there's always been a remnant of people from 33 A.D. to 2021 A.D. And I'm thankful for my heritage. When I got this heritage, I received the truth of the mighty God in Christ. I was told, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy soul and with all thy heart and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee shall be in thine heart. When I received this wonderful, beautiful heritage, I found out that that baby born to Mary in the town of Bethlehem was none other than Emmanuel. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. And you know, and I know now, thank you, Jesus, that when Mary kissed that her little baby, she was kissing the face of God. Come on, can I get an amen tonight? You're not that tired. When God gave me this wonderful heritage, I was past a heritage that told me that God Almighty came in flesh and that this Jesus was the Father in creation, the Son in redemption, the Holy Ghost in our hearts today. My heritage is the original and powerful salvation plan given in Acts chapter 2. The sinners who screamed for Jesus to be crucified listened to the very first sermon preached and they were stabbed in their hearts and I received that message when they asked men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. It might shock you to know, but did you know that all of the Christians recorded in the book of Acts were Pentecostal? It's absolutely true. Every one of the Christians you read about in the book of Acts were Pentecostal. Because they received the Pentecostal experience right at the very beginning of the book. And everybody who got into the saved group got in as Pentecostals. They made sure that they were repentant of their sins, baptized in the name of Jesus, and filled with the Holy Ghost. This wonderful heritage that I have is a powerful heritage. Hallelujah. In every generation, however... Someone has stood up and been counted for this heritage. This heritage demands that we separate ourselves from sin and march to the beat of a different drummer. This heritage involves a sacrifice. This heritage is what Jeremiah called in, in Jeremiah 12 and 9, my heritage is unto me as a speckled bird. The birds round about are against her. God's people have always been an unusual people, a people that were peculiar, a people that were different, a people that were not afraid to step up and stand out. Now tonight, if you want to do something else, it's okay. But do it later. Right now, I'm preaching. So if I need to come down there and stand in front of you 
and jerk that device out of your hand so you can hear the word of God. Bless God, I'm just big enough and bad enough to do it. I am determined if I can some way to KO the devil tonight and help you to understand that this valuable, wonderful, one-of-a-kind heritage is not something that's just automatic. You can't just put this in cruise control and expect to have this thing. You'll wake up outside of your heritage unless you wake up right now. I don't care where you come from. I don't care how spiritual your father or your grandfather was. It doesn't matter to me if you come from a line of ten preachers in your family Everybody in their generation has to have their own personal experience. God doesn't have any grandchildren. I love my grandchildren, but God has no grandchildren. Everybody has got to be a child of God. Everybody has got to say, all right, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to step up. I'm going to stand out for Jesus. God's people have got to step out. In every generation, someone has stood up. Noah built an ark. Abraham get thee out of the country from thy kindred from thy father's house unto a land that I will show you and I will make of you a great nation I'll bless you I'll bless you I'll bless you Shadrach Meshach Abednego I want you to stand. They're going to try to get you to bow before the golden image. But I'm going to ask you to stand. I know everybody else is bowing. Everybody else is prostrating themselves before the idol. But I want you to stand. You hear me? And Nebuchadnezzar said, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose and walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. I believe there's young men and young women and older men and older women tonight that want to stand up for God and are willing to be bold. I'm not asking you what you did yesterday. I'm not interested in what happened to you last year. What I want to know is, what are you going to do right now? I'm not interested in finding out the mistakes you made in the past. It doesn't matter because I see a crimson stream of blood that flows from Calvary. And if you come to God tonight and say, Lord, I'm going to give it all I've got. It doesn't matter if you've done it a hundred times or if this is your one thousandth time. I'm telling you, this is the hour and this is the day. In the name of Jesus Christ, you filthy spirit that would take somebody here away from God. There's people sitting in this building tonight that are sitting next to somebody that's rapture ready, but they're not rapture ready and they're sitting there cool as a cucumber, never having felt the presence of God for a long time. Well, I'm coming after you tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. You're not going to hell on my watch. Some of my kids will remember when they were going through some difficult times in their lives and some of them went through a, a, a rebellious time perhaps and I remember saying at least on one occasion and maybe more than that, I said, if you go to hell, you'll go to hell over my dead body. I'm not letting you go to hell. I've got young people here tonight that need God. They, they love God. They're good. God is good to them and they're good kids. But just like anybody else, they've got to have this fire burning. They've got to stand up. I remember when I was a kid that God began to deal with my heart. And I began to carry this Bible that I'm preaching from tonight. This is the first Bible I preached from. This is the Bible I used when I stood with sweaty hands and trembling hands and I began to read. I'll never forget, I was in a church I thought was a pretty big church and it was in St. Louis, Missouri. And I prayed literally hard. I mean, I prayed hard. I think I prayed all day. I was scared to death. Going over to preach for a, this church, I didn't know these people. The man who was the pastor, it was a big Dutchman. His name was Brother Rutchen. And I prayed and prayed and prayed, and all I could get was two verses. 
and I couldn't get anything to say with it, and I was scared to death. I was supposed to be the evangelist. I didn't know what to do, so I just prayed, and I prayed, and, and finally I got there, and God Almighty helped me. It actually got to the preaching. I was hoping maybe somebody go, whoa, and they start dancing and shouting, and they forget that we're supposed to be preaching that night. So I got my Bible out, and I began to read from the Word of God. I only had two verses, and this is what I read. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh to worship him. God is a spirit. And all of a sudden there started a rumbling, Brother Josiah. And it wasn't me quaking. I was like this. I said, God is a spirit. And they that worship him. And I think that was about as far as I got. When the Holy Ghost came down and there was a shaking and a quaking. And people jumped up and fell down on the floor. And began to speak in other tongues. Because God hadn't given me anything to go with it. Because God said, son, don't worry about it. I'm going to take over. All I want you to do is read the text. I have a heritage. It's a beautiful and storied heritage. Hallelujah. It's not any different today than it was then. We've been through the storm, and the storm couldn't turn us. We've been through the fire, and the fire couldn't burn us. We've been fed to the lions, but the lions couldn't eat us. We've fought a lot of wars, but we've never been defeated. Whatever you do, get into the church. Get into the authentic church triumphant that's built by the hand of God. Don't settle for a parachute that says Mattel on the side. Hello. Oh, but Brother Stoops, they, they really have an excellent praise team. Well, that's wonderful. So do we. Oh, but everybody's so nice. That's good. So was Cornelius. But the last time I checked, this book still says, Verily, verily, I say to thee, except a man be born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. I don't ever see that changing. I believe I'm going to believe that until the rapture. i got to be a part of something where people know that Jesus Christ is not Jehovah Junior, but Jesus Christ is God manifest in the flesh. i got to be a part of something that when people baptize people, they say it's going to be done in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. i got to be a part of something that people don't say, well, you get the Holy Ghost subsequent to salvation. Or you get water baptized subsequent to salvation. When you say that, you have taken yourself out of God's beautiful and wonderful heritage. For the Bible says, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. The Bible says, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. The Bible says, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hey, the Bible tells me that the Holy Ghost is a part of the salvation process, and baptism for the remission of sins in the name of Jesus is a part of the salvation process. Don't let anybody deceive you. This is our heritage. So whatever you do, get in the church. If I had to travel a thousand miles to baptize you in the name of Jesus, just let me know. We'll get her done. I believe it that strong. When Brother... Ernie lay in the hospital. Some of you remember Brother Ernie. 
the chaplain called me up and said, we got a man here that's asking to see you. I said, okay. Now, I hadn't seen Ernie for a long time. Something happened and he wasn't in church for a while. I don't know what the reasons were, not judging the man. So I walked in the intensive care unit over where some of our precious nurses work, over at Maine General. And I stepped into the little cubicle where, you know, when, they, when the chaplain calls, that's not good, okay? You don't want the chaplain calling. I've never had the chaplain call me that somebody wasn't dying. Every time somebody's dying when the chaplain calls. The hospital chaplain, not this chaplain. So anyway, I walked in. I said, Ernie, have you been baptized in Jesus' name? Yes. Me being the doubting kind, sometimes I said, who baptized you? You did. I said, well, you were baptized right then. So, Ernie, have you received the Holy Ghost? I've never spoken tongues. Ernie, you have to have the Holy Ghost. I wasn't going to change the heritage. But don't worry. I'm going to pray for you, and God's going to give you the Holy Ghost right now. Nurse stepped out of the room. I shut the door. Went over and put my hand on Ernie's head and said, In the name of Jesus Christ, receive you the Holy Ghost. And Ernie began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave me others. And that was the last time I saw Ernie on this side of glory. Listen, I, I, I cannot abide. I cannot, I cannot allow people just to slip away and say, oh, God's so kind and he's so merciful. And he is kind and he is merciful. But while there's breath in my body, I'm going to tell you what I was told when I was a child. And I'm going to tell you what the Bible said before I was ever born. Repent and be baptized every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hey, listen, it's part of our wonderful inheritance. Let me say this to you. Today, there is a challenge because we have raised up a culture where nobody wants to sacrifice anything. Kids want to drive the car their dad's driving. If he has a nice truck, they want to drive the nice truck he's driving. They feel like that if dad has something nice, they deserve to have something just like it. They don't realize. I took a picture. I wish I had put it up there for Brother Pat, but I didn't. That our generation, uh, I worked at a place called Lad Paper. It was the pits North Vassarboro. There's still an old building standing there. It looks horrible today. It looked horrible then. I remember going to the grocery store and buying some bologna and cheese. No bread. And wrapping it and eating it for my lunch. And I felt like I was the most privileged man in the world because I was a church planner. And I was working at a grimy job that took every bit of energy I had. I'll never forget, sometimes the truck route would take so long that I would get home just in time to shower, put my suit, and run to the church and start singing. And I'll never forget one time uh, we were in this little primitive building and uh, I was worn out. Sister Lisa, you ever been there? Worn out. I was just totally worn out. 
And I was going to get up that night and I was going to say, church, pray for me. I just, I'm really struggling and I need you to pray for me. And there was like maybe 20 people there. And I was getting ready to get up. I'm walking toward the pulpit. And something said, you better not. And when I stood behind the pulpit, the words I was going to say, Brother Caleb, came out in reverse. I said, I want you to know that God is great, that God can do anything. There's no problem that you have that God can't solve. And I don't remember the exact words, but it was very encouraging words. And about three rows back, Sister Debbie got up and she began to dance and she shouted and her hair went flying and she shouted and she danced and she spoke in tongues and she came to me after the service and she said, Pastor, I was at the end of my rope. I just felt like I couldn't go any further. I didn't feel like I had the strength to go any further but when you said God can do anything God is with you you're going to I'm talking about a Holy Ghost heritage you folks don't know what it's like to be in a fish market and call it church and as much as we cleaned it we never could get the smell of fish out of it you don't know what it's like to be sitting in a, in a little primitive church and praising God. And a, a guy walk in with a knife that hung from his waist just shortly above his knee. It was one of the biggest Bowie knives I ever saw, saw in my life. It was in the days before cell phones. I watched him walk down the outside aisle. Walk up to about the third row where a, a, a line of teenagers were sitting there. He stood, looked at them, looked at one particular girl and boy in particular and nodded his head and they burst into tears. He walked back to the back and he stood about where brother Zach Cologne is sitting and he was waiting and I felt the cold spirit of death. I knew that man was going to stab somebody. I didn't know why, but I knew he was going to rip them. And brother Stevens was my assistant. God bless him. I tried everything I could to get Bruce to go away. Finally, I said, I've asked these people to disperse. I'm going to ask my head usher, assistant pastor, bottle washer, etc., etc., to go back and disperse them. Will you remember how big Brother Stevens was? And he was in good shape then. He could outrun me any day of the week back in those days. He was quick as a cat and strong. And he walked back and they still didn't leave. So I get, I turned the service back to him. He's leading the singing. I go back to the back and I said, now Bruce, I've never done anything to you, have I? Nope. I said, well, I'm going to ask you to either sit down or leave. Duh. I should have said leave. He sat down. I began to preach. I whispered to Brother Stevens. I said, Brother Stevens, go next door and call the police. There's about to be a crime. Brother Stephen slipped out of the building. I started preaching. It was one of the best sermons I've ever preached in my life. It must have been because that whole line of kids came squalling and crying to the altar. And they all bowed at the altar and began to pray. And boy, did they ever pray. And then it came to my attention that one of the girls was this guy in the back with the buoy's knife. It was his wife. She was a teenage wife, and she was there with another teenage boy. And now I started realizing why this boy was going to get hurt pretty bad. So I went down to the altar, and boy, he was really praying. I said, come here, son. We went back into the prayer room. Prayer room. It was not a prayer room. It was a fish room we were trying to use for a prayer room. We went back, <laughs> back into the prayer room, and I said, what ails you? That you'd come to church with another man's wife. What is wrong with you? 
I said, I'm going to tell you something, buddy. I'm going to go out and I'm going to distract this guy. I'm going to get his attention. And when I give the signal, you jump on that motorcycle that was sitting by the back door and you get out of here. You hear? Yes. I go down to the auditorium. I go outside. I talk to Bruce. and say, Bruce, uh, what's going on, bub? And we're talking and I'm just distracting him. And all of a sudden, before I gave the signal, I heard something go rum, bum, 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 bum. And I heard one of the people that was with Bruce say, Bruce, he's getting away. And I saw Bruce go sprinting toward that motorcycle. And all of a sudden, that motorcycle, wow. I noticed when Bruce was walking away from me, he had an adjustable wrench in his back pocket. Hadn't paid much attention to that, but... Later, I found out the purpose for that adjustable wrench was to loosen the front wheel on the motorcycle. You see, you people haven't seen some of the things that I've seen. I can also tell you about walking into the hospital as a church planner and laying my hand upon Deborah and saying in the mighty name of Jesus and a girl who had taken a bottle full of sleeping pills uh, and the doctor said uh, she was leaving. The only thing keeping her alive uh, was the machine uh, that was going up and down. But when I said in the mighty name of Jesus, while my sweet wife uh, and a few other ladies in the church were praying, her shoulders banged on the table on the bed, uh, opened her eyes uh, and she was able to go home. It's part of our heritage. We have a Holy Ghost, wonderful heritage. But here's what I want to tell you. It requires a sacrifice. You can't have what we have without being willing to make a sacrifice. David said, neither will I offer burnt offerings unto the Lord my God of that which does cost me nothing. But I'm here to tell you, it's worth every sacrifice. It's worth standing up and standing out. In this heritage, there's power to heal. It's still here. In this heritage, there's power to deliver. In this heritage, there's power to set you free. In this heritage, God will make a way for you where there is no way. In this heritage, God will supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. But most importantly, in this heritage, God will save you from the wrath to come. If you're going to jump out of an airplane, don't jump out of the airplane with somebody's knapsack. That knapsack might be a nice knapsack, but it won't do. And when people just say, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and that's where they stop. That's like jumping out of the plane with a knapsack. That's not going to do it. You need the old-fashioned Holy Ghost truth. You need the Word of God. You need the experience that God gives when people receive the Holy Ghost. Come on, can I get a witness? I believe with all my heart that the Lord shall descend from heaven with a shout. I believe that the Lord is coming at any moment and that the day of the Lord is going to come as a thief in the night and it's going to happen at any moment. I want to invite Eric to bring my mother up here. Mom, can you come up here? Help her. Hold on. Don't, we don't, don't want any theatrics. I want my wife to come up here too. Bless her heart. She's going to not like that, but it's the way it is. Come on, honey. I want the people that's going to help me with the music, please come up. Like right now. Listen to me, I'm closing. But I'm not quite done yet. Let mom come stand beside me. Come here, mom. Hold on to that pulpit. 
Mama stood up for God in her generation. She taught me to pray. She taught me to live for God. She taught me that this word was absolutely true and trustworthy. She taught me the way of salvation, the way of God. She taught me that if you prayed, that God could do anything. And if you were hemorrhaging, you didn't have to call the doctor right away. Just start quoting scripture and praying, and we did. Mama stood up for God in her generation. I'll never forget the night. Mom can't remember some of these things now, but I still do at this point. The guy would get up and go to the bathroom when it was time to go to the altar. We were having revival services, and the man would get up and go to the bathroom. And then he'd go straight from the bathroom to the altar. And he would seek the Lord like crazy. I mean, the guy would pray, and sweat would run down his face, and he would really pray hard. But he couldn't get the Holy Ghost. So one day before service that night, Mama was cleaning the bathroom. Just, just throwing that out there. No big eyes and little U's, you know what I mean? And she was cleaning the toilet. Thank you to our church cleaners, by the way. And the toilet wouldn't stop running. And she jiggled it, and it still wouldn't stop running, so she picked the back off of the tank, and sitting down in the cool water was a bottle of Jack Daniels. Well, Mama grabbed the bottle. You want me to tell him what happened? <laughs> I got to be careful. She grabbed that bottle, pulled that cork out, and poured it down the toilet. Threw away the bottle, never told the guy. He was getting his courage every night to go down to pray. I don't know what his name was. Can't remember. Brother Jack, something, wasn't it? I can't remember. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> that night we had church. Brother Jack got up, went to the bathroom. Came out of the bathroom, walked down to the altar, and received the Holy Ghost. My turn came. Now I'm standing for Jesus in my generation. Where's one of my kids? One of my kids. Now he's standing for God in his generation. Where's one of my grandkids? Any one of you wants to hurry. The first one up here. Hurry. Now he's going to stand for God in his generation. But it's not going to come without a sacrifice. You've got to be willing to lay a few things down. You can't be the kind of person that's going to hold on to the world and hold on to Jesus too. You're going to have to say, take this whole world, but give me Jesus. It worked for mom's generation. It worked for her mother's generation, Sister Rose Rutledge. It worked for mama. It's working for me. I'm seeing the, hey, the other night I got a text on my, on my cell phone and it said, Brother Stoops, do you remember me? You prayed for me when I was a child. I had crossed eyes. He said, I'm still thankful that God healed my eyes because that 
young man. He's a young man now. When he was just a little kid, he came up to the front. I said, what do you want? He said, my eyes are crossed. I said, do you believe? He said, I believe. I said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. In front of my eyes, I watched his eyes uncross. Now he's a young man. And he said, Brother Stoops, do you remember me? I'm the boy you prayed for. He said, because of that miracle, I've never lost my faith in God. Well, I got a feeling. Brother Eric, help me. Take her back down before she falls down. <laughs> help her. Go with Eric. I got a feeling that the devil's trying to get us to water it down a little bit. And it just puts a bad taste in my mouth. I got a feeling he's trying to get people to lay off their excitement and, and don't let the fire burn so hot and don't worry about seeing miracles. Don't worry about that stuff. You're just going to have to get along as well as you can because it ain't what it used to be. Well, I got news for you, devil. The God that I serve is just as powerful now as he ever was. You see, you came too late to tell me. I'm the guy that was sitting on a threadbare couch at Bible college, sick and feeling like I was dying, and God came and healed me. I'm the boy that when I was a little child, God took all the warts off my hands instantly. I'm the child that God healed me from hemorrhaging and took that away completely. I'm the one that God healed me from hepatitis when I was about 13 years of age. I'm the guy that God kept me by his grace and by his mercy. And now here I am in the senior years of my life. And I'm telling you, he's just as strong. He's just as powerful as he ever was. But who is going to stand up for Jesus in your generation? Somebody... Would you lift your hand if you'd be willing? I don't know if you feel anything or not. But even if you can't feel it, if you want to feel it, lift your hand. God, help me to hold on to this heritage until the coming of Jesus Christ. Is there a young man that would take the torch? carry it there's a lady in the house that would pick up the Pentecostal torch and say it may cost me but I'll hold this torch Jesus could come at any moment is there a young person that the devil's trying to tell you just go easy you don't need to pray through some of you haven't prayed through in so long When I was a kid, they made you feel backslidden if you didn't pray through every time. You know what I'm talking about? And when the preacher preached about to come to the Lord, I was sitting there going, oh God, please. I know I did that. And that. Just give me one more chance to get down to that altar. But we had some of the most powerful moves of God. I've seen the blinded eyes opened, the cross eyes uncrossed. I've seen two cases of boys that were colorblind that God healed them instantly and taught them their colors. I saw a lady healed of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Right here in this church, I saw a young lady healed of Crohn's disease. Standing right there. Standing right here, I saw a young lady that jumped and ran to the bathroom and came back crying and saying, it's gone, it's gone. What's gone? She said, I had a lump in my breast. God just took it away. God healed me. I I'm just telling you, this Holy Ghost we have is the real thing. But somebody's got to stand up and say, all right, that's it. You're not taking my Holy Ghost away. This is what... I remember about Pentecost. Go. He's going to be my dance partner. To get wild and let our hair hang down. 
came down
performing wonder. Jesus is his name. We are apostolic in every way. It's higher than a drug. It's the greatest feeling being washed in his blood. I'm a Pentecostal. to take place. I want you to believe God. I don't want you walking around fearful and afraid. I want you to believe God. God's going to heal your body. God's going to touch your heart. God's going to save your kids. Come on, somebody. You just got to give God the praise and live for him with all your heart. We're going to make this. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you for the Holy Ghost and fire. We thank you, Lord God, for this wonderful, beautiful, storied heritage that you've given to us. We thank you, Lord, for each one of these dear people online and in the building. Father, let somebody right now believe for their healing. In the name of Jesus, Father, whatever's going on, let there be a miracle right now. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. This is my fault. 